Well, good morning, and thank you so much for your patience. I know it's been a challenge this morning to stay with us. I'm uh, trying to find the camera. Here it is. Uh, Good morning. Um, We have had some technical problems this morning. I know you know that. Uh, Thank you for hanging in there with us. Uh, We are working on a very uh, limited staff this morning. You can't see, but there's just six people in the room, and we are scattered all over the place. And uh, uh, Adrian has been uh, running back and forth. Uh, I think we're going to have to get him a shower right after church. Maybe a wardrobe change. But he kept it going. He got it together. And thank you so much. Hey, if never before, we've come to appreciate the technology people in our church. We really appreciate how hard these guys and girls have been working. And uh, we could not be doing what we're doing without your ability So thank you for your curiosity. When this stuff started happening, you got curious and said, how could we do this? And because you were curious, here we are. Thank you for that. A few announcements this morning. And uh, we want to, uh, first of all, uh, remind you that we will be, this is live on Facebook right now, but uh, very soon this afternoon, uh, this will be uh, uploaded to our YouTube channel. And uh, you'll be able to find it there and share it. You can share it already on Facebook, but uh, for people who don't have Facebook, and there are a few, a hundred million who don't have Facebook, uh, you share it on YouTube, and others can uh, watch this. Share it widely, please. Uh, We have no idea how far we can reach, but we have uh, some evidence to say we're reaching around the world already, Uh, our ministry and others like us doing this. uh, It's unprecedented. Never before in the history of the world have we been able to reach the farthest corners of the world with the message of hope through Jesus Christ. And we've got the the person to declare that message, and now we have the means for him to declare it widely. Thank you for that. Uh, While we're talking about that, thank you for your support. Uh, This is the time in our usual worship service, the the, uh, old thing that we used to call our normal worship service, where we would pray and then the ushers would be ready and uh, uh, move through uh, the sanctuary to receive uh, the offering that you brought as a part of your worship. Uh, Today there are no ushers, and if there were, it would take them about five seconds to move through the room. Uh, But you can still, and you have been giving faithfully through our uh, e-giving platform. Uh, Some of you have already uh, remembered that the United States Postal Service still does deliver mail, and you've sent checks in that way. Thank you for that. Uh, If you are looking for a way to give, to continue to uh, honor God through your giving through worship, uh, if you're a way to support uh, this ministry that has come to mean so much to you and you can't figure out how, please call the office or email uh, the office or any of the other people who you know, uh, and uh, I'm sure plenty of people would be happy to help you to be able to worship in that way. Do that, please. Want to mention the ship on the uh, stage behind me? Uh, Yes, that is the set for the Harmony Christian School Middle and High School Drama Program. That has been postponed, but it still will happen later this spring. We're looking forward to that. Peter Pan will fly. We don't know how. We don't know when. I'm not not even sure who, but but it is going to happen, and we're looking forward to that. Please continue to pray for our, our school, our students, our teachers, our families. Uh, Teachers are working very hard to uh, get uh, educational content home to their students so that they're not left behind. 
Uh, students are working hard at home to keep caught up, and parents are working hard to do all of that. Uh, this is a challenge that none of us saw coming. And uh, in just a few short weeks, uh, uh, we have done what we so often do. We come together, we set aside whatever differences might be hindering, and we pull together to get the job done. We're seeing that in, in unprecedented ways right now. Uh, I do want to uh, just uh, give you a cautionary word. If you're getting email with the subject knock, knock in the subject line, don't open it. Send it right to your spam folder. Uh, we've received reliable accounts that the Jehovah's Witnesses are now working from home, so be careful. Uh, okay, and uh, public service announcement. Uh, this is a first, first world problem, but if you're having the kind of problem that I'm having with dry and cracked hands, uh, I found that this O'Keefe's Working Hands Lotion works really well to keep those cracks healing. This is not a sponsored endorsement, but uh, if, if you're looking for a, pro a solution to a first world problem, there you go. Uh, all right, I think that's all I have by way of announcements. I'd like to lead us in a word of prayer, and then Pastor John is going to come and bring the word of God to us. Let's pray. God, we are living in uh, what is for us unprecedented times. And it is difficult. It has been difficult in many ways that we didn't expect and didn't anticipate, didn't prepare for, didn't know we should be prepared for. And yet, Father, uh, these are exciting days. And uh, for most of us, uh, it's a matter of inconvenience. It's a matter of uncomfortability, uh, some disarrangement in our routine. And I'm thankful, Lord, that uh, for the vast majority of us, we're still safe, we're still healthy. May it continue to be that way. But we are not overlooking the severity of this threat to our humanity. Uh, we are taking drastic steps. Maybe some would say overly dramatic steps. Maybe we're being overly cautious. And uh, yet, Father, um, we want to do what is right. We want to do what is smart and safe for the benefit of all. And so we do pray that you would help us and help uh, our leaders, those who are determining uh, um, policies about uh, limiting coming and going, uh, closing businesses, uh, restricting travel and restricting gathering. We recognize, Lord, that None of us knows for sure how bad this is going to be, and we are doing everything we know how to do, and uh, we're trying to figure out how to do things we don't yet know how to do or even know that we should be doing them. And so help those people that are working very, very hard to learn and to stop and to heal and to protect. I pray especially for those working in our health care uh, those in direct contact with uh, those who have already been exposed, already been uh, infected, already suffering from this illness, and some uh, in the extreme. Thank you for their sacrifice and for their service. And for those of us who can watch from a safe distance, Lord, protect us from feelings of panic. Uh, help us, Lord, to recognize that uh, we don't know everything. 
Uh, and uh, we can continue to put our trust in you because you do, and you have made us certain promises that you will not leave us or forsake us. You will not leave us or abandon us without help and without hope. And so we take courage in in remembering that you and only you are the source of our help, our hope, our strength. I lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And you are still the one who has set this in motion. You are the one who says to the ocean this far and no farther. And now, Lord, we pray that you would say to this virus that must obey your command. We say and and ask for you to speak that word of command to this virus and say, You have come this far, you may proceed no farther. Help us, we pray. Our hope is in you. Bless this ministry and many others continuing to serve you faithfully as best as we know how. Thank you for the people who are working to get uh, us to be able to come into into your people's homes and encourage and worship together. We do pray, Lord, that you would bless them and keep them well indeed. We ask your blessing as we open the word of God. Now give us ears to hear, a heart to understand, and willing hands and feet to do what you have said that we should do. Bless our pastor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Dr. Ashley, for an excellent uh, time of intro and prayer and comments and Uh, I have to say that um, this is the second time in my life that I've had the pressure of going on video, like potentially showing up on people's television screens. First time was when the Unification Church had hit the country and a reporter in Tucson asked me to do an interview, and so I was actually broadcasted. That was uh, quite the little thrill. And of course, I pushed on a false doctrine and talked about what the Bible teaches. But this is a a whole different experience for me, and I have to confess that being in a TV studio like this has kicked my um, ADD into high gear. So I have had multiple issues uh, keeping myself restrained to some degree, but not completely. Dr. Ashley, um, your little comment about hand uh, softening Uh, triggered the old movie uh, scene from Kung Pao, product placement, product placement, Taco Bell. And uh, this last week, Kevin Berry, our school administrator, brought a new meaning to the word, are you carrying? Because he's carrying little sanitizers everywhere he goes. And I want to be politically incorrect right now and point out that this sanitizer is called Ocean for men. And um, I'm going to use a little right now because who knows what I have touched in this building. We never know. So I'm going to be careful here. I told you this is a little ADD sidebar. Hey, Harmony Ministries, I'm missing you. I am missing being with you in worship. I really am. And... uh, it has been amazing to watch our tech teams bring video and greetings and ministry words into your homes. It's just been encouraging. And uh, sending links, keep that up as Dr. Ashley encouraged you. We have no idea 
how far uh, reaching the potential might be. And um, I also have to mention, as I asked Dr. Ashley to give us a little plug for our school, because I'm a little disappointed. I was kind of hoping I could preach one Sunday from the bowsprit of the pirate ship. But I guess that might not happen at this point. But Peter Pan will fly, as we heard. Thanks to all the small group leaders, pastoral staff, anybody that's reaching out virtually and touching, phone calling, whatever it might be. And um, I said, we said that we wanted to keep things a little bit normal uh, so that uh, at least when you tie into harmony, it's like, ah, there's something I'm used to because the new normal really is different, isn't it? And um, we tried to do that. Last week, I realized that I preached what is normal, which I'm going to be candid on video is too long. I watched myself last week and I said, how do these people endure me? It was so long and I moved around a lot, which is why I'm sitting on a stool today. Uh, it'll keep me in place. And uh, it's kind of the halfway mark between a fireside chat with, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers and uh, my normal preaching mode. I will get up in a minute, though, and I'm going to actually ask participants to get up as well, but I'm going to save that for just a moment. So it was too long, and when I read it, I had the old Kathy cartoon reaction, ack! And so I'm going to slow it down today or, or shorten it, and even though uh, we've had technical difficulties, we may be ending at the normal closing time. Those who rewatch it later on YouTube, it should be a little shorter. And uh, my sermon will be cut back just a little bit. Um, just so you know, because people have been asking, how long is this going to happen? Well, that's beyond our control. So let me just encourage you straight up. We're at least going to be in the same mode through Easter. Next week, Pastor Tim will help us celebrate Palm Sunday. We won't be in the same room going woohoo and having a crowd and waving palm branches, but uh, we can still celebrate what the scripture reveals happened and worship the Lord Jesus together. And that'd be appropriate. And then I'll be on for a Resurrection Sunday, which will feel a little, little different being videoed. But uh, nevertheless, we're not going to forget to uh, park on that day of the church year, which particularly celebrates the magnificent resurrection of our Savior. So we will be doing that. I wanted to shift gears a little from where we've been in our, our, uh, our teaching this morning from the book of Hebrews. And what I wanted to do was um, kind of go with a sidebar that comes out of the text. So we've been talking about persecution and standing firm, and I want to just kind of offload that for a few weeks and uh, speak a little bit more this morning in a moment about a, a different subject. Before I formally start, I had a thought, and that was... Um, I would like a little participation. There is a bunch of people watching right now who have kids at home. Some of you are feeling stir-crazy. Pastor Tim admitted he, uh, he's trying to do a Zoom conference session with me because of his high anxiety being locked up. I, I made that up. And uh, some may be antsy, and uh, others may be loving it. My wife and I, it's like, hey, we have food, we have electricity. As long as the power grid doesn't go down, we're happy. This morning... You didn't know this, but just before we came online, there was a loud clap of thunder. And for those of you who've been around Harmony for a while, you know that has the potential of shutting the whole building down. 
So I want you to know, I think God heard my little squeaky prayer. Please don't let that happen this morning. And uh, we did get up and running. Thank you again, uh, especially Tim and Adrian and our worship team this morning and Dr. Ashley, who are here encouraging me. So here's what I want to do. How many of you, oh, just so you don't disobey your pastor this morning, I want you to know that everybody who has tuned into any live stream at Harmony your computer or tablet has been infected with spyware, and we are looking in your living room right now. At least our people are laughing in the room. I hope you're laughing. That was a joke, but I wanted to let it hang because I was going to say, if you don't stand up when I tell you, we're going to know about it, and we'll probably publish it on the Internet next week. So, hey, all the kids in the room, I want you to rally. I wanted to uh, teach us a song I learned on Youth for Christ bike trips decades ago. It's a lot of fun, but I can't because I realize keeping social distancing, it's an old song. I'm going to stand up here. You can see my head, right, uh, Adrian? I'm good. Uh, it was a song called Dum Dum Diddy. It's just a silly, fun thing that we would do. But the problem is you need people next to you. And I can't do that because you have to touch each other's knees like that. So I'll have to teach you that sometime when we're in person here and there's no ban on being close with each other. But there's a song I know all of us know, and it, it counts for children of any age. It's called Jesus Loves Me. And uh, what I'd like to do is have us sing it. So mom, mom and dad, get your kids up, kids. If, if your mom and dad are staying seated, tell them to put their coffee down and stand up. And I'm going to teach you the... Uh, the, the sign language version, and here's how the chorus goes. I think everybody knows, Jesus loves me, this I know, right? And then, yes, this is how I say yes. Jesus, you can figure that out, right? From the crucifixion, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. I don't know if sign language has changed since I learned this, but here's how I learned it. The Jesus book, the Jesus book tells me, and you have to spell out the last one, S-O. All right, so let's try it, everybody. Remember, we're spying on you. I want to hear you singing. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is, try it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Outstanding. Good job. And now I'll let you all sit down and drink coffee again as we turn to the Word of God. Speaking of agriculture, were we speaking of agriculture? No, we weren't yet. You know, one of the things that's happening, here's my title, speaking of agriculture, or You've heard this phrase before, bloom where you're planted. We're planted for real right now, aren't we? 
We're uh, mostly having to stay home unless we're out for a walk. Some businesses are closing down. It's getting tough on some people. There was an article in the paper I'm going to show you. You don't need to read all the details, but this is about a florist in our area. Not a rosy picture, yuck, yuck, for flower businesses. They're closing some of them down because they're not essential. And this one uh, business that uh, sells flowers felt like, hey, Cheering people up seems to be pretty essential right about now. So since they had to close, they took all of their stock and went around the neighborhood at other people's advice and left flowers on doorsteps that people who could have stood some encouragement might receive some. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, We are kind of uh, planted in place, and so... I wanted to think about that a little bit and utilize the passage of Scripture that goes with this kind of as a sidebar from the subject out of Hebrews. Let me lift that text and show you what it says. Uh, We are, by the way, in springtime and uh, flowers are blooming. That's what we expect. And uh, so agriculture really is on some of our minds. And even though we're stuck at home, there may be something about... That ground that we're planted in that can help us bloom a little bit. Let me just mention, uh, the text that we're looking at is out of Hebrews, the sixth chapter again, but it's that little add-on at the end. And here's why I'm going to look at this. Let me read it to you first. For the ground that drinks the rain, which often falls upon it, brings forth vegetation useful to those for whose sake it is also tilled, receives a blessing from God. But if it yields thorns and thistles, it is worthless and close to being cursed, and it ends up being burned. Just pause there for a second. Please notice, close to being cursed, not cursed. Not cursed. In fact, my first point is this text includes blessing as well as purging. Not cursing, purging. There's a cleansing effect. Both fields receive the same gifts with different results. Both fields, same gifts, sunshine, rain, whatever it needs, the nutrients, but different results. Here's why I'm parking on this verse today. We have encouraged using this time. In fact, one of my um, fireside chats mentioned that a a woman who's serving over at uh, West Point right now did a little article in the paper said that COVID-19 may be one of the greatest gifts you could ever get. Being forced to pause, being forced to invest time with our families and thinking about what we do and engaging, doing games and talking and whatever may be a gift. We have encouraged, use this time to go deep. Use this time to minister to one another. Use this time uh, to meditate, to invest in spiritual growth. I'm afraid you've gotten so used to hearing it You're going like this. You know, it's like when you hear somebody at the ball game or some politician say, God bless America. You go, yeah, yeah, they have to say that. But, you know, really. And so I want to encourage you to really do that, that uh, there's a potential in this pause that we're in being planted in our homes to a large degree to grow, not grow roots on our couch. I mean, some of us may have already done that but to actually grow, not turn into a couch potato, but to put down roots in the person of Jesus, even while you're stuck there in, uh, in a lot of ways. It's actually a gift. 
There's another side to this gift, if I may be so bold. Some others have mentioned it already. And that is, we have been forced out of our church building. Think about that. We have been forced out of this building. When we say we're going to church, what do we usually mean? We're showing up at the building. No, that is not doing church. Church could be meeting anywhere right now around the globe secretly, uh, some of them in Zoom meetings, some of them in clandestine meetings, but the church is being forced to look at itself, if you will, look at herself. We're looking at ourselves to say, how are we bearing and what kind of fruit is it uh, being the church without a building? So let's talk a little bit about this uh, postscript to the section where the author of Hebrews has said to people, stand firm, put your roots down. Last week we looked at the marks of the Christian as opposed to the person who fades away, falls away, apostatizes, and renounces Jesus. Don't do that. But there's this little postscript called uh, this passage about the ground that drinks rain from heaven can produce one of two kinds of fruit. It's not really a negative passage. It reads that way, and it looks like it's meant to be scary, which it is. It's meant to get our attention, but it's talking about blessing and cleansing. One of the commentators, uh, Lenski, the, the uh, German Lutheran, had a great statement about that little section that says, ready to be burned. It's burning of all the noxious product on property that is not producing the right kind of fruit. Burning of noxious product. It's not talking about hell. It's talking about purification. I remember when I was pastoring in Tucson, I had the privilege of riding with a missionary pilot way down into the interior of Mexico. And uh, lots of agriculture under us. And as we were flying south, all of a sudden we were flying through these huge areas of thick, dense smoke. And ashes were getting on the windshield. He was having to, the pilot was having to use the windshield wiper to, uh, to see because the, the air was heavily thickened with this residue from fires down below. What was it? It was the farmers burning off the noxious leftovers so that they could prepare their land for usefulness. That was the way they took care of things. Not great for the EPA today, but that's how they used to do it. I'll never forget being in that cloud of darkness wondering, are we going to be able to see in a few minutes because there was so much ash? That's what it's talking about. Bad thistles, thorns, the kind of leftovers that aren't edible, they aren't useful for the people who have planted and cultivated the ground. We burn that off. God is actually giving you a little bit of hope and encouragement in that in that message, because all through Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, the agricultural illustrations are abundant. And that, starting in Eden, the land that we would work as human beings would either be blessed with favor, it would be full of a land of milk and honey, or you could have failing crops, failing herds, you could have famine, you could have drought, one is blessing, one is cursing slash discipline. So, all the same, blessings come down. Uh, when I plant, I want to see something good. I'm not very good, by the way, at horticulture. I don't do real well. 
But uh, when I go to the store, when spring comes, I have a picture here of something I can't wait to eat with butter and salt on it at the right time. You want it to look like that, not all shriveled up. You want fruit that is worth having. So I want to just very quickly survey looking at things from an agricultural Yeah, that was easy for me to say, an agricultural perspective and encourage us at the end to bloom where we're planted. I'm going to go very quickly through these passages so as to streamline our time together. Poetry from Isaiah. Let me sing now for my well-beloved God a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard, Israel. My well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill, and he dug it all around, removed its stones, planted it with the choicest vine. He did his horticulture perfectly. And he built a tower in in the middle of it, hewed out a wine vat in it. Then he expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless ones. Ouch. One of the great prophets who spoke a lot about the coming Messiah, which Israel desperately needed, and so does the rest of the world. We need a savior as well as a heroic rescuer. The Lord requires of you, Micah said, that you do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. But the children of Israel in mass often walked away from their God, worshipped false gods, chose not to do justice, chose to cheat their neighbors, chose to uh, uh, show disdain for the peoples round about them, even for their own people at times, contrary to what God had in mind, that we would be, they would be a light to the Gentiles, that they would be the light on the planet Earth to draw the nations to this great God, Yahweh, who is the only true God and the true Savior. Jesus uses the same picture. You're going to recognize these passages. This one, the parable of the sower, I want to just make a few comments as we walk through the text. So he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Now, you have to have your Bible in front of you. This is in Matthew 13. You don't have to look there right now, but you can look it up later to make sure I'm not telling you anything wrong. Jesus explains later to his disciples exactly what this is talking about. But we're not going to take time to go read his portion, so let me just give you the cheat sheet. Behold, the sower went out to sow. When he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Jesus makes no bones about it. He's talking about the gospel, the good news that he has come to become the savior of the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What happens? He says the birds represent the devil and his angels. The demons, they come and say, for example... You don't really believe that kind of nonsense, do you? You'd have to be a religious fanatic to believe, especially in our enlightened day and age, that there's only one way to get to heaven, that Jesus is the, if there is even a heaven, that Jesus is the only way. That's absurd. And in a couple of seconds, the thoughts that go through my mind as I've listened to somebody preaching the good news, and we have people preaching the good news all over today, via television and video and like this, 
hand tracks or whatever it might be. And as I read that, and I think, that's garbage. That can't be true. Nah, it can't be true because I've seen this. It can't be true because I've seen how this Christian behaves, and I don't see what that's talking Whatever it might be, the devil comes and steals the word out of your heart. You don't give it another thought. You miss it. By the way, I just need to pause and say, if your mind is connecting with what I'm saying, you can contact us. We would love to be able to explain why it is rationally sane to believe the gospel. It's not superstition and religious mumbo-jumbo. It's a rational faith built on historical realities. The biggest one we'll celebrate in two weeks, the resurrection of Jesus. They never have found his body, by the way. So that's the first part. Then it goes on. Others fell on the rocky places and where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of soil. So these people hear it and go, oh, this is great. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Meaning, yeah, I like this good news. I think Jesus is cool. I may be really interested in becoming one of his followers. And maybe they receive Jesus. It's interesting. Our Lord Jesus does not tell us where they park as far as eternity is concerned. We don't fully know. But it's possible they have accepted the Lord. They really wanted this gospel. And then the sun rises. Now, in this context, it's a negative. The sun is not a blessing. The sun is the heat that's scorching if it was a healthy patch of ground, it would produce fruit. But it's not a healthy patch of ground. It's a very thin line of silt. Some of you who have um, homes that you like to keep manicured uh, lawns around and then sidewalks, you know the only thing you need to grow healthy grass is a crack in your sidewalk. That's all it takes, a little bit of ground. But what happens? The sun comes up and opposition hits that soil and it burns it up. In other words, this is a description of the difficulties that come with choosing to follow Jesus. My girlfriend may turn her back on me. I had that happen to me. Something else may come my way because I become a follower of Jesus. I'm dishonored. I'm made fun of or whatever it is. That's the one who shrivels up and says, I don't know if it's worth it. There's another group. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. Jesus makes it clear. That's the person who does accept Christ as far as we know, and then the worries about money right now, the stock market, oy vey. Think I'll cash in my chips. If God isn't going to turn the stock market radically around tomorrow, he's not my friend. I quit. Wah. The concerns of money, the pressures of the world, all of that stuff gets our eyes off our good Savior and his safety net for us, and we just go, we bear very little fruit. We just you know, put out a little bit of corn that looks all emaciated and henpecked, you know? The others fell on good soil, yielded a crop, some 100-fold, some 60, some 30. He's not judging how much. That's his business and yours. If I bear fruit, he's pleased. That's the whole point. It doesn't matter how much. He said, I don't do very well for him. You know, I feel that way. By the way, I want you to know, I feel that way at times. I, feel, I, I haven't led enough people to Jesus. I'm not happy with myself, but I have borne some fruit. And Jesus says, this is pleasing to the Father. And then don't miss that last phrase. 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Why does he say that? Because it's possible for me to read these texts and go, I'm good. In fact, here's what's funny to me. Um, I'm going to just pick on myself for a second. When I used to read this, my brain went here. See if anybody can relate to what I'm about to say. Well, let's see. Um, uh, Hopefully, all those other groups there, except for the first one where the birds took away the seed, they're all still in the kingdom, I hope. I mean, I might be the one choked out with all these worries, and I'm a little bit messed up here, but um, hopefully I'm still in. Why do we automatically park there instead of saying, hey, how do I become one of those that do 30 or 100-fold and please the master? Why don't we park there immediately? I know I'm the only one with that problem. At least in the room today, I'm the only one with that problem. But we think, oh, I want to get in. Instead of like, I don't want to just be in, I want to be fruitful. And that that spirit that is in you, if you really have Christ in your life right now as I'm speaking, that's what I want to fertilize this morning if I possibly can. I wish we were in the room because I love having a discussion right now. I would have thrown this out. What do you think it means, he who has ears to hear, let him hear? means all the girls are out. No, it's guys and gals, everybody. You who have ears, why? Because sometimes we hear things, but it doesn't really register. And Jesus knew that. And he made one more comment. So that one, by the way, that whole text is a challenge for self-assessment, isn't it? It's a challenge for self-assessment. And the last agricultural illustration I want to use is from the words of Jesus with his precious disciples. And this one is a promise and a comfort. Trust me, it's a promise and a comfort. You know this. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser, the husbandman in King James. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. Do you see? He's not, we read that he cuts away a bad dead branch. Ooh, ouch, and oh, that's me. No, he's nurturing and loving on this plant. That is a promise. That's an encouragement, a comfort that my father is going to take me, if I'm a child of God, whoever you are, sitting on your couch, listen to me. I want to sound like Charles Stan. You listen to me. There's a divine principle here. He is going to prune away what's unhealthy. He's working at that so that you might be more healthy, more fruitful. It's a blessing. Some of you know we moved in this last year. Um, We came into a a condominium. Uh, Speaking of agriculture, I am so glad I don't have to shovel snow or mow grass. I have a little tiny patch in front of my steps out front I have, um, speaking of my skill in agriculture, I have a couple of holly bushes I transplanted. One died already. I'm on a roll. On the other side, the previous owner had a rose bush. It looks horrible right now. Spindly, big, dead branches everywhere. Ugly as sin, it really is. When I moved in, it was like that at the last turn of the season. And I know a little bit, obviously a little. I took my pruning shears and I went at it. 
And I cut that thing right down to the ground. All the rose people know what I'm talking about. And by golly, that next summer, it put out more roses and more shoots than you could imagine. It's amazing. It's like it's indestructible. But it needed a little tender, loving care. And that's what your Heavenly Father wants to do for you, if you'll allow him. And sometimes the snip might sting a little. But it's worth it. So I want to encourage us today to bloom where we're planted. Where are we planted? Mostly at home. In our past ministry, there was a dear elderly saint. I've quoted her before. She was godly and she always spoke life. She wasn't one of those that, woe is me and, oh, you know, I don't like the music. And she would say, people are worshiping. I'm so excited that God is being on. That was her mindset. Grandma Barb, she's with the Lord now. I had the privilege of serving that family as we sent her on to glory, to her reward, which she definitely had. Bible teacher, etc., had an impact on our life and our kids' lives. She made a statement in a Bible study that stuck with my wife, came out in the last few weeks, and I decided I'm inserting this today so that we can get our minds around blooming where we're planted. Here was her statement. Who you are at home is who you are. Who you are at home is who you are. Last couple of weeks, I've been uh, stressing with a little bit of difficulty and opposition, and I was in a cranky mood, and uh, my wife and I had interaction, and all of a sudden, something sputtered out of me that I'm just going to be honest. I know no one else that's listening to me ever struggles with any such issue, but out of my mouth came, and it was ugly. Might have even been a little louder than that, and I'm not telling you anything else. Too bad. But right then, the Holy Spirit said, who you are at home is who you are. What's, what's, what's in your soil, John, that may need to be dug up? What is it? Search it out. Let your heavenly Father, who is the divine husbandman, snip that thing off to, so that you produce much better fruit. Now, I'm sure no one else can identify with that, but that's where I want to encourage, and that's sarcasm, obviously. I want to say to you today, think about for a moment who you are at home. I've pondered this as I've uh, ministered over 44 years in different assemblies, including ours now at Harmony, how many times I encounter very, very unrighteous, ungodly type of behavior that people just say, well, that's just how we are, as if God's pleased with that. And he's not. I think about it. Maybe you're home today. I'm going to have a little fun now. And you're not happy with your husband growing his beard in, you know? Uh, That's a little joke. It's an inside joke. You have to come to the studio to get that one. Uh, You're paralyzed with fear. God tells us how many times, fear not. He bears with us. He loves us. That verse about pruning is a comfort. It's a promise and a comfort. Maybe if you were to really ask how people perceive you, they'd say, well, if you really want the truth, which most of us are afraid to really tell the truth, you know what? You're rude and obnoxious. 
A lot. Who, me? I have a dear friend who recently walked in on their father indulging deeply in pornography. That's who you really are at home. You wonder why your daughter would not feel warm and fuzzy about this? Maybe you're not lustful. People know it. Maybe you're angry. Maybe you've coddled laziness. Just wasting this time thumb-sucking right now. Or you're selfish, inconsiderate, whatever it might happen to be. You have to do the self-inventory. Your spouse and your children might help you. If you want to get really risky, you can try that. But God is giving us an opportunity being locked up to bloom where we're planted. So in a minute, I'm going to give you a little homework assignment, and I'm going to be all done. But I want to end by telling a story of hope for you. Uh, I've told this once before, a long time at Harmony, but I'm pretty sure uh, we may not remember it, but even so, it'll work. I'm going to put a picture on the screen of a plant uh, those of you who do like plants, my wife loves indoor plants. I've got it made right now. Even if the florists are closed, she doesn't like flowers as much as she likes potted plants. So I'm in. The, I'm, I'm in. You know what I mean? We're okay. This is an umbrella plant. The reason I'm showing you that they're, they're really kind of pretty and lovely, and uh, and they grow like crazy. And, and here's my story. I, I used to be, uh, when I was pastoring, I, I am not one who is embarrassed to come out up front and admit that if I can get a deal at the Salvation Army thrift store, I will. And so if I was driving along uh, in town and I found something on the side of the road I think I could use, that's the advantage of living in the country and having a truck. And uh, so I might uh, scrounge things up. Yes, that's me. Go ahead. Go ahead, process it. But here's the deal. One day I was driving through uh, the town where I was pastoring, Endicott, New York, and there was a, uh, an apartment that had been emptied. Obviously, somebody had been evicted or had to move out in a hurry, and there was a pile of stuff out on the, on the, on the street, just going to go in the dumpster, and sometimes I just can't bear to see it when it's something useful. But because we were living out in the country, it had a nice house, um, I could use a large flower pot, and I found this really large flower pot with a dead stalk sticking out, and that was it. So I picked it up, I threw it in my vehicle, I brought it home. I, I didn't even want to deal with it. I just thought someday we're going to use this out on our patio. I set it out on the back porch, out in the elements, winter, spring, summer, fall, didn't matter. I just left it there, this dead plant. Lo and behold... The following spring, up comes out of deadness, out of this, that I didn't know, good soil that was still remaining comes a new umbrella plant. That thing lived for, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 years. We started new plants off it. We sent them home with our kids. It was amazing how much fruit and prolific reproduction came out of what I thought was dead. Here's why it happened. In that good soil, someone had planted a seed that bore, I don't want to say eternal, but long-term fruit. 
You know what? Your heavenly father has gotten a hold of you. You're his soil. He has planted something eternal, the spirit of the son of God. It doesn't matter how burned over it is. It doesn't matter how cut back or how neglected it's been. If you will start letting him prune, that plant will come up. There's fruit to come up under the authority of our savior, Jesus. Here's my closing assignment. I'm giving you homework. Two passages of scripture, you can write me if you have questions, but I didn't get them on the screen, my bad. Galatians 5, 16 through 25, and Philippians 4, 4 through 9. I threw out a few negative habits that we might have a few minutes ago. You can add to that list. But when you meditate, and I'm encouraging you to do some homework, let the spirit do some pruning, some horticulture. To help you bloom where you're planted, look over the verses, Galatians 5 or Philippians 4, whatever things are lovely of good repute, think on these things. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, pay. Am I showing the opposite or that? Let him prune and help us to become fruitful. That's God's will for all of us, whether it's fruit and reproduction and sharing the good news with others or whether it's the spiritual fruit of the Holy Spirit that makes Jesus winsome to those around us. That's the business he's in, and he wants us in it too. I'm going to pray, and uh, let me just say, I'll see you next Sunday. I didn't mean literally here until you get further notice. Let's pray. God, thank you for the fact that you do not give up on us. You have planted your spirit in us. Whether our soil produces good or bad, your goal is to produce good. And when we look back on our life and see how you've changed us, we know you started a good work that you want to continue to finish until the day that Jesus comes. Would you grow up your people? Even in this time of isolation, let your spirit, who is unhindered, accomplish his work. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen. God bless you all. Take care. Oh, if you're still listening, I hope you didn't hang up on me. I think this video, for those of us who are stressed and nervous and fearful, will be a comfort to you. If you don't know this song, you should know it and learn it. We're going to show you a video that came from Nashville. It's not ours. You can probably find it on the web. Bunch of engineers, background singers for some of the big names, put this together for your edification. God bless. Sweat.